it's a fine line between, you know, drinking wine and squashing grapes, as we say in this business. And sometimes it's very subtle. Welcome to another episode of the Rooney Rules Podcast, a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. I'm here with my good buddy, Brett. Brett, how are you doing today? Good, man. Good. Uh, Off-season edition of the Rooney Rules Podcast. It's great to kind of think about the Steelers in a more positive light. I feel like I've shedded so much negative energy since the new year. New year, new me. And, uh... Yeah, it's nice to like start looking forward to next year. The Super Bowl is today, actually, which maybe is why I was a little inspired to record again. Although there's been a lot of just random Steelers news for us to talk about. I, I'm i just really excited. The Super Bowl happens, and then we're on to next year. So we can get rid of whatever last season was, for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we're only two calendar months from the draft now. So yeah, once, the, once we turn over the Super Bowl, we're getting ready for Indy. We're going to be measuring people's hands. That's right. Uh, <laughs> which we can pay extra attention to because Kenny Pickett. You got some little might, hands. He, the hands, who knows? Who knows what our whole quarterback situation is going to look like? We're going to talk about that as well. The big, big news, though, that I think we should lead in with is we have an offensive coordinator. And I'm, I'm glad you feel better because this hire did not make me feel I don't better. necessarily feel better, but it's my team. I'm going to find rays of optimism wherever I can. So, although I didn't love the hire, I guess, it's it's just nice to have some kind of understanding where the team's going and just not having that open position, right? We had spent so much time not knowing what anything was going to look like. Yeah, the, the Rooney interview that came out a few days ago was interesting. Um, one of the things that I saw at the top was that he, they're still calling This was Mike Tomlin's hire. Yeah. You know, the, the head coach is going to hire his coordinators, and we're just going to facilitate – this one does feel like after the tragedy that was Matt Canada. Yeah. If we're saying that this is Mike Tomlin's hire, this one feels like it. The offense better be good because it's, it, it's it feels really conservative, which is the opposite of what we were hoping for. Correct. But if you 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 bring up a great point because if you want to contrast it with Matt Canada, which was the experimental offensive coordinator guy who what exciting coach that was supposed to bring in these this new age NFL offense to Pittsburgh this is the complete opposite that's yeah. for sure it's like back to our roots yeah and that's that was one of the things that they talked about in the interview was well, the being able to run the ball and be physical is going to make the passing game better which is true i don't disagree with that we do have great running backs i'm looking for a Najee Reese like fifth year for sure um i don't see why we wouldn't sign that I think Rooney talked on that as well. I I would like to see us get a little deal done with him, honestly. If if anything, I would take a two-year extension or something like that. Get him now and cheap before he's too old and irrelevant and you end up in a Todd Gurley situation. Yeah. But uh, So I did a little bit of research on Arthur Smith, and um, it was surprising what I uncovered. I didn't understand. I guess I just didn't know who he was, and now I know a little bit about him. I don't know how much you know about him. How much do you know about him? I know his dad founded FedEx. Okay. Uh, I know You're that, already farther than me. Uh, I know that um, everybody loves to talk about how good Tennessee's offense was when he was there, but I'm, are you really going to give credit for Derrick Henry being at his peak whenever? Uh, so, I mean, I, don't, I, I like that he's going to run the ball. Yes. And my hope is that because he has the head coaching experience, he's going to keep guys in check. That's that's my biggest hope for him is I think I think he can 
make the offense better in certain ways, but I'm more concerned with that leadership aspect. I don't think that it necessarily has to come from players. I'm hoping that he'll garner some respect in the locker room and we won't have so many outbursts on the sidelines the big, from the pickings. I think that's a big factor that came with this hire as well, that a lot of people are overlooking. You nailed it completely. It is about leadership. We talked about it last season, about how it seemed like the defense was really holding it together, but that was where all the veteran players were. Realistically, our most tenured player on offense was, like, what, Deontay Johnson, mm-hmm. who was doing wild things as well. So there was no leadership, and once – everything went upside down with Matt Canada. It really, really got off the rails. So I think, although this is a conservative choice, I think it was calculated in a lot of regards for both of those reasons. One, we have, look at our roster. Our roster is basically built to run the ball at this point. We don't have a phenomenal quarterback and we don't know what it's going to look like. So yes, running the ball is important. We have two really good running backs. That's also a factor. And also rebuilding this team what are what one thing that we're looking for them to do in this offseason is improve the offensive line. So I don't if they do that, the running game's not going to get worse. So we're going to be hopefully one of the best rushing teams in the NFL and that opens up a lot depending on who our quarterback is regardless who our quarterback is actually. So I do think it kind of works for this like young rebuilding type team. The unfortunate thing is it doesn't give you a lot of hope that things are going to flip quickly. It feels like we're still going to need a year or two. Like it doesn't feel sexy. Well, so one of the things that we talked about coming down the stretch of the season was uh, what's our quarterback room going to look like next year. And this pretty much, I think the Arthur Smith hire pretty much answers who that veteran guy is going to be in your locker room. They're going to bring in Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, it, that's exactly, I would be shocked to not, is he, he didn't retire, right? No. Okay. So yeah, I could see that. And that might not be a bad thing. Uh, to be honest with you. Now, do I want to see Ryan Tannehill starting for the Steelers week one? No. But when we're talking about leadership and developing a team, it that seems like the no-brainer, easy plug-and-play guy, if they have a good relationship still. What do you make of the other coaching hires? Because it seems like, in addition to Arthur Smith, the Steelers also started hiring for positions that we did not have previously. Um, we did not have a passing game coordinator. Yes. But we have quarterback coach, but we did not have – Guys whose specific jobs were to coordinate passing game, that kind of stuff. Um, I've never heard about so many random coaching hires for any team, let alone the Steelers, than I have this offseason. Mm-hmm. It's been absolutely crazy. I, that just shows you how backwards everything was with this offense last year. The fact that every article now is about we're hiring these random offensive guys. There was rumors of Heinz Ward coming back to be a wide receivers yeah, coach. And and those were short-lived. Route. They ended up hiring uh, the guy we hired for a wide receivers coach. His history of coaching, wide receiver coach for the Jets, the Bears, and the Broncos. So that doesn't feel good. No. Uh, at all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so, yeah. Is there one good wide receiver among those teams in the last decade? I like... mean, he was with the Broncos maybe around like Sutton, Cortland Sutton's first good year. But yeah, other than that, I think he can. Comp- yeah, he's reuniting with Allen Robinson if he comes back to oh, make him bad again. He pretty much ruined his career. <laughs> what about O line? Did we hire an O line coach? Because I would um, love to see my back. So I haven't seen anything back. about the, the O line. Uh, Arthur Smith did bring an offensive assistant from Atlanta with him, Mateo Camboy. 
No okay. idea. Yeah, took a shot. Yeah. yeah, no idea who that guy is, but he he was assigning as well. I haven't seen anything about the offensive line coach. Uh, we hired a QB coach, which was the Chargers QB coach, uh, Tom Arth. Yep. So we Arth, we're, <laughs> we're all Arth. <laughs> We're all Arth, man, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we don't play like Arth. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I haven't seen. I don't. I, I think we're in the same boat. I've never seen the Steelers just have so many headlines about coaching hires. Yeah, it's it's an overhaul. Kind of crazy. So I guess maybe that's the optimism to find that there is. Yes, we have offensive coordinator, but they're not leaving any stones unturned in the sense of wanting to bring in fresh coaching, fresh ideas, and try to get a plan together to make the best of with what roster we're going to be going into the season. So I, it doesn't feel great with the Arthur Smith thing, but like I said, we're clearly doing our due diligence when it comes to filling these positions and trying to focus on those groups that we're going to need a lot of help with. Um, Arthur Smith, though, man, okay, so real quick. You got something else for me? All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I was shocked to find out he was just a billionaire's son because I was like, okay, well, how do I not know that? Fine. His dad's story is super interesting, by the way. Like, FedEx almost went under. You should check that out. All right. I will. I'll look into that. Hopefully, I mean, Atlanta almost went under. <laughs> they almost went bankrupt. <laughs> uh, so, like, the funny thing is, so Smith was like a player, right? He played, like, offensive line in high school, I guess was pretty good. But he played at, like, a prep school, so who knows what that means, right? So he's not playing Maslin up the street. Right. But um, either – I guess – I don't know. Is prep school football good? It depends, man. There's so, like um, – Do they recruit? Like, I would assume. Like the, so, like, Hoban and Akron, I believe, is considered a That's prep true. school. I and mean, they LeBron recruit. James literally went to a private school, so yep. he could play basketball. Oh, so, okay, so fine. And then he ended up playing at North Carolina. That was – that was kind of his playing career, right? Well, he gets his first coaching job as the like in a random graduate assistant, right, for North Carolina. Guess, do you know how he got into the NFL? No idea. He he became uh, an NFL defensive quality control coach for the Washington Redskins. Do you know what their field is named? FedEx Field. Yeah. FedEx Field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his dad was a partial owner of the team at the time. So that's, that's a, not yeah. that doesn't feel good. Well, I could have guessed nepotism. You, could, <laughs> like, you, you made it seem like you were going to so, break uh, news. Yeah, well, like. yeah, but this is so. This is like normally, you know, it's a little more like okay, that guy clearly has some money and probably paid some. In this case, it's very, very obvious. Like it is black and it's white. The like, number this one is, answer on Family Feud. Insane. <laughs> so like his coaching career isn't magnificent at all. There's really nothing to it. He pretty much ended up in Tennessee, floated around with a bunch of random coaches and survived, survived. And the team he inherited basically replaced Matt LaFleur as the offensive coordinator for Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So I don't love to play the game of like coaches inheriting this or that, but I would be willing to bet some of that was a good influence on where that team was heading the next year. I mean, it got LaFleur a head coaching job. Yeah. So – it just the whole seg. The more I dug, the worse I felt. <laughs> Although I'm, I don't know. We're gonna give him a chance. It's our team. Well, right? so here's here's the benefit of us being Steelers fans and not rooting for Cleveland. Yeah, we can trust and have faith that the guys doing the job in Pittsburgh know more about football than us. So yeah, we're just along for the ride. Yeah. But I'm with you in that Arthur Smith. To me, right now, his legacy is that his team kept drafting first-round elite-level athletes, and he refused to use them. Yeah. Um, which scares the hell out of me. Yeah, it's pretty – especially because, like, even look how quickly 
the AJ Brown thing like blew up in Tennessee. Like that's we don't need more of that. Like we don't need like he was so short lived in Tennessee, basically out the door. I know the offensive coordinator isn't exactly responsible for something like that, but well, if he is, that's I'm pretty sure AJ Brown happened after Arthur Smith left. Oh, because okay. he was yeah, the coach was in Atlanta, Atlanta for three, three years. years. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're, you're right. Okay, so maybe he liked Arthur Smith so much that's why he wanted to leave too. <laughs> I'm finding a positive. Arthur is literally Red Dead Redemption. I hope he grows back the weird like mutton chops. I think that would be a good look for Pittsburgh. And the funny thing about this whole hire is, I kept talking about how who were we, who was the Arizona coach we wanted? Kingsbury. So yeah, and I was saying how he wasn't a Pittsburgh guy. Well, now we got a billionaire. Yeah, is that that's a not Pittsburgh very guy? Pittsburgh. No. That's not very Pittsburgh at all. He's got so, the facial hair for the climate, but that's yeah, about he's it. He's gonna have to grow the beard out and everything. I guess we'll see. I I mean, the real hope is that it looks like he brought a guy from Atlanta. He coached under Munchak. I would love to see Munchak come back I would around. Love to see Mike Munchak back. We need help forming some offensive continuity on the line. It's been awful. Agree. And although I think some guys have made the best of a bad situation, we have to have better results next year. That's for sure. So. Maybe maybe this is a connection higher. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be rumor season all the way around. So but at least that rumor's put to bed, right? So speaking of rumor season, this is a fun little note I had here. Le'Veon Bell, like will you just go away? <laughs> will you just please uh, What are we talking about? He's... Why is this gaining any traction? Have you seen it? Yes. That guy what? is the herpes of celebrity. He just will not go away. Let me give you a different perspective on this whole situation, and I'm going to bring in a crowd favorite, Antonio Brown, as well, because remember he was tweeting saying he would be the offensive coordinator? Oh, yeah. Imagine a world, though. He does it, though. <laughs> we, the Killer Bees were so good, we just tried to reincarnate them. We got Ben as the offensive coordinator, Antonio <laughs> Brown, the wide receivers coach, Le'Veon Bell resigns. Still lining he up in was, the backfield. Yeah. <laughs> just get LeGarrette Blunt while we're at it. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Why not? Let's run it all back. And just see if they can get sus- – yeah, that was – I remember getting that news about them getting arrested and just being so mad. That team had so much potential going into the year. And then it happened, like, right as the season started, right? Mm-hmm. So the pending punishment was basically drawn out the entire season. That was awful. That was yeah. not fun. And then LeGarrette Blount won a Super Bowl with the Patriots Yeah, that season. Yep. So yeah, just imagine – imagine a world. That's what we could have had. Instead, we got the – we got the Arths. We got CTE, a failed boxing career, and Big Ben's podcast. Yes. <laughs> That's what we got out of, out of that season. <laughs> they should do like a a Madden uh, franchise and they all like do their respective roles. <laughs> we have uh, Le'Veon Bell would do like the individual, like it was like my franchise player or whatever that was, was the career mode. Okay. And you have to play the actual position. Yeah. It was awful. Imagine playing as like a lineman or something. That'd be... <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I just – these rumors won't die. But it goes to show you just how special that team was that gains traction anytime one of these players are m- mentioned, basically, within Steelers Nation and a little bit beyond. So I think the Le'Veon Bell thing, we could confidently say he's not going to be playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's been, what, three or four years since he's played in the league, and it wasn't good football? No, it was bad football. So, Adam Gase, New York Jets football. Yeah. Ew. Just stay – please, just – stay do yeah. go back they you should can be a fan a, why don't they make an album together they both were rapping <laughs> that's a good the idea ab bell yeah. connection yeah, you Killer guys, yeah, on you the guys swarm, get in the studio yeah, get ben on there you get dj <laughs> dj big ben 
<laughs> we're off the rails. We're so off the rails. Dude, it's off season. That's what you do. You get off the rails. But so yeah, I just it's gonna be rumor season and I love that X players just wanna chime in about everything basically all the time. Um speaking of which, clearly there's gonna be quarterback rumors every quarterback in the draft every quarterback available for trade every quarterback available in free agency will be linked to the pittsburgh steelers yeah and i think that's this good segue schwinn um because the the rooney interview he did not rule out trading for a quarterback Mm -hmm. which i thought was interesting justin fields has been the hot name you know what are the bears going to do with the first pick will they trade justin fields i saw a report earlier this week that essentially said they're going to they're going to need a first rounder for Justin Fields. That's no. that seems like posturing, right? I don't yeah. think that you're going to get a first rounder for a guy that everyone has seen and knows what the the upside is, what the limitations are. Um I think you'll get picks, but I don't think that it's going to be I don't think it's going to be a first. So Justin Fields could be interesting. Now, I don't think he's I think we've seen enough Justin Fields to know that he's not the greatest passer, right? Mm-hmm. Clearly dynamic with his legs, and they've had s- some success offensively in stints with, with him in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. And given bad situation and a bad team, I think he's done fairly well for himself. It could have been way worse. We've seen way worse, especially in Chicago. Well, so I my, my beef with him is that there's no vision, and we have mm-hmm. a guy that lacks vision in Kenny Pickett right now. So The difference being if we're going to run out this – extreme run offense having a quarterback that can legitimately do an rpo would be great uh because kenny's not exactly a threat in any means with his legs do i want to become the junior baltimore ravens i do not now if that happens i mean okay let's replay last year wouldn't you feel a little bit better with justin fields coming off the bench into the game than mitch trubisky Maybe yes. some optimism. I, I, think like, if, if, I don't know. If Justin Fields is on the team, he's going to be your starter. You think? Yes. Hmm. Probably. But, even okay, I was just more putting him into last year's team however I could, right? So okay. if we had Justin Fields, I mean, is he a better option than what we currently have is the discussion. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that he is. Right. And that's so why yeah, you're not going to give up assets for a guy that you're not sure is making your team better. Yes. I would be surprised to see us bring back. I mean, Mitch is gonna be gone. Do you think Mason Rudolph makes a return? No, no, I don't. And while we're doing quarterbacks, yeah, I texted you. I was pretty sure I saw Mitch Trubisky at Dave and Buster's yesterday, <laughs> and I was gonna go say, you know, just ask the guy, hey, what the? Who's Are you up, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky? <laughs> right, but. The only reason I didn't is because I, for the life of me, could not find a positive thing to lead with. Like, yeah, good luck in your next venture. Like, you know, I had nothing. I had no – I could not come up with one positive thing. Like, hey, great job against – there wasn't even a game that he, he like, won the game. He had that one good half. He had yeah. that one good half that one – when he yeah, came you, in yeah, to the you, game. Yeah, but you can't say, hey, that one half, you looked really good. Yeah, remember <laughs> when you came in for Kenny Pickett and threw, hit George Pickens? That was sweet. And then the next week just – totally threw it into triple coverage yeah. multiple times yeah you're right that's that's a tough one to navigate that's for sure what if you saw him at the little football game he was just like <laughs> the, the whole time he just kept swiping his dave and busters card doing a little qb accuracy challenge. yeah throwing it down the down the tunnel <laughs> playing the dodgeball game <laughs> literally just like uncle rico out there and dave and busters <laughs> dropping back in the pocket could have won the super bowl no doubt yeah, in my just mind. Put me in. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean, I think you should have asked him. Could have had him on the podcast. He was around. <laughs> Maybe that's what I should have led with. Hey, I do a podcast. <laughs> hey, I do a 
So, yeah, I have a podcast. Would you like to come on a podcast where we've ad nauseum talked about how you stunk? How bad you were. (laughs) We have to sit here and pretend like we didn't say the things that we said. But I think our – I would say this confidently. If we ever did happen to have a player hear us criticize them, I think all of our criticism is pretty fair and based. I mean, we haven't really drug anybody. No, and that's – obviously, it's always just about performance, right? Like, I get that they're people. We try to keep it. I Not think personal, we're more right? than we're more. Uh, let's. I guess we're less harsh than most of Steeler Nation on pretty much everybody on the team. It took us a long, long time to even say anything negative about Mike Tomlin. Like past the point of when it was ugly for a while. I have a hard time knowing where we stand on that because I spend time on Twitter X, and uh, that's just such a hostile environment that, like, yeah, if you're not if you're not as hostile as Twitter, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not hostile. You're just less than you know what? that we're, toxicity we're, we're just we're just passionate fans that's what it is either way i i think we kind of hit the mike tomlin stuff like perfectly like we never said anything too negative or anything like that not to rehash it but everything that happened happened and that it was a, clearly a bad situation and there was real discussion at the end of the year as to whether or not he was going to be our head coach and he is and we haven't really talked about that i don't think did it was that announced on our last episode i don't think so i'm not sure so yeah he got an extension yeah yes so, so he didn't have that when we talked last. right so i mean it it more of the same from pittsburgh i'm curious to see how they still want to move forward into the new age of the nfl with you know, I hear that uh, recycling some of these old ideals. Everybody's expecting this run heavy offense. Mike Tomlin's coming back. The defense should be great. Anchored by none other than TJ Watt. The twice jilted defensive player of the year It's unbelievable. I have so many things that I can't say on this show about Browns fans, because it would be so ridden with profanity. En- en- yeah. Enjoy those individual awards, Cleveland. Yeah, that's, I, it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah, enjoy those because that's all you're going to get. And I mark my words, if Kevin Stefanski doesn't give up play calling, that's all you will ever get is individual awards. The mental gymnastics to go through to say that stats don't matter, but next-gen stats are what matter is crazy to me. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy, but only certain next-gen only stats. Only certain ones. Yeah, all the other ones are irrelevant. But the fact that he gets double teamed means he gets double the pass for disappearing the second half of the season. I guess so. But, uh, yeah, that TJ Watt, it's just a shame. Uh, you know, JJ was going to tweet about it. I think he said something, you know, of, like where basically, like what, are the, what do the stats matter? TJ said nothing he's not used to. I mean, he wears it well. What are yeah. you going to say in that situation? It's kind of tough. Not that these awards really matter, but when you watch a guy. Well, they do for legacy. They do. You're, okay, that's. That is a great point, and I think that's something that's lost because it's so easy to be like, okay, who really cares about this MVP or this player or this? But whenever you really talk about like getting into the Hall of Fame, those type of things, we look back and talk about all pros and pro. Nobody cares about the all pro every year. But at yeah. the same time, whenever you say six-time all pro, first team, whatever you want to say about a player and their accolades, whenever it's a career thing, it does matter. You're, yeah. you're totally right. And All pro, every position has one. Defensive player of the year, there's one among all positions. So that one – is important. Yeah. I mean, he did end up with the the Deacon Jones Award for the most sacks, which we already knew because that was based on actual stats. But I don't know what the determining factor is for Defensive Player of the Year. And Micah Parsons coming over the top rope. Oh, and his tool. two cents is what a tool. crazy. Like, I feel like he was just going for reactions at that point to come in as the basically the third 
number three in the race never had a chance in to come in and say that Miles Garrett was the better player is crazy to me. It's starting to feel like NFL honors is becoming a way for them to expose casual fans to more names, I think. Yeah. And so, and it's less about who I, I'm not saying miles Garrett wasn't deserving of the award. I'm saying that he was less deserving in my opinion, but that's obviously a biased opinion, but we're going to watch opinion, the games. Factually. We're going to watch the games anyway. Yes. I think for the casual fan on the West coast who doesn't see miles Garrett play every week, it brings some tension to him. Yeah. Right. What? That's just it. Nothing. None of my criticism has been now. If it was anybody else, other than Miles Garrett, okay, I'd probably have a lot more to say. Miles Garrett had a great season, mm-hmm. and he did end up a little bit injured, played through it, and kind of slowed down. But at the same time, had a great season. That's for sure. Now, when you're comparing him to what T.J. Watt did, I just don't think it's comparable. I mean, they're hard, it's hard to cross-compare positions, basically, because they do play different positions, essentially. But I don't know how the argument is, Miles Garrett gets double-teamed more than T.J. Watt, therefore is a better player is crazy, especially when TJ's dropping into coverage, chasing wide receivers across the middle of the field and then having to go be a down lineman had an interception and blitz the play. Yeah. Like it's a touchdown. touchdown. Like he's, (laughs) he did things that miles Garrett couldn't do if he tried. And that's not to take away from what miles Garrett did. But when we're talking about, but miles Garrett did that cool crossover thing whenever he was in the zone, he did have that sweet one game against a really bad team where he dominated. Was it the Colts (laughs) or whatever? He had like an amazing game. Yeah. He, Garrett's fine, but he's also a cornball, and I, I don't really like him, no. to be honest with you. I think he's always been a little bit like that. If it makes you feel any better, they had to draft him with the number one overall pick, and then that same draft, we drafted T.J. Watt at number 30. So It's a great point, and I like our guy a lot better. Yep. He can do a lot more. In that same vein, we were talking quarterback before we got on this point. Mm-hmm. I would love to see – okay, so what happens in the draft now that it's a two-day or three-day event? Because, you know, before – when it wasn't a three-day event, when everything happened on a Saturday. That was wild. It was times. so good. I miss it. Yeah. Um, but the way that it's really worked since the new format is whoever holds the number one pick in the second round, like the Steelers did last year, whenever they drafted Joey Porter, that becomes one of the hottest commodities in the league, obviously, for that period from the time round one ends to the time round two begins. You're getting a, a million calls. Yeah. Do you remember how the Ravens got Lamar Jackson on their roster? I do not. So they traded up to the back, the last pick of the first round to draft the guy that they knew they wanted to be their future. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to see the Steelers, if you make your pick at 20 and you get that guy, if your dude, if your guy is on the board, if it's – I'm hearing J.J. McCarthy is, is going to be a first-round pick now, which is great. But if, if your guy is on the board, mm-hmm. I would love to see them go do that. I think that was one of the best things the Ravens have ever done is yeah. not let – other teams call and try to jockey for that spot at the first pick around two. They went and they got their guy on the first night. Yeah, instead of letting teams go think about it, look over everything, see what's left, and maybe maybe talk themselves into taking the guy they were planning on taking. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I would love to see – I'm totally – I mean, Kenny's on the roster. I'm totally in the camp of signing a veteran and, and also drafting a player. I think that. That, that we have to do that. You're kind of looking to – maximize the probability of finding a quarterback. And I think those are the three ways you do it. You have the guy you drafted a while ago. He's on your team regardless, who's fine. I mean, worst case scenario for Kenny is a fine backup, right? Okay, so if you let's say that they draft one, Kenny's on the roster and they do bring in Tannehill. Is it an open competition at training camp? It is. Yeah? It totally is. Would you disagree? 
based I think, on what I, we saw I, last well, year? Well, I think the team would give you the lip service to tell you it's an open competition, but I think that they're going to know what they want to do, and it's going to heavily lean that way. It won't be based on performance. Yeah, but that's – so in that case – Actually, I don't think so. I think Kenny would be the starter regardless. I don't see them reeling out a rookie quarterback week one with a veteran and Kenny still on the roster. I don't necessarily see them signing a veteran like Tannehill. Maybe it depends on who they sign or acquire, right? If it is an older guy like Tannehill where it looks like it's just a leadership-type deal, backup veteran, okay, yeah, probably just Kenny Pickett starts and we go from there even with the young quarterback on the roster. Now, if you trade for somebody like Fields – like you said earlier, it's it's a, it's a little bit more obvious and different. So there would definitely be signs pointing to what's going to happen. The likeliness of it being an open competition, I guess I just changed my mind. Probably not really going to happen. It's going to be pretty clear what their plan is. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know, man. I. What about who, – who would you like – like do you like any – like would you be okay with – what about like Gardner Menchu just being a fine second option? You mean him specifically or someone like Gardner? He's a free agent. Okay. Um, I'd be shocked if he doesn't end up back in Indy. I mean, he just had such a good season as far as being that backup guy. I just don't know if that'll work. That's a weird situation, right? Because they have the young quarterback, and if Gardner thinks he did enough to start somewhere, maybe he looks to go elsewhere. Yeah, it's if you're Indy, you got to bring Gardner back and pay him what he wants because for all you know, your you know second year quarterback now, not the rookie anymore, could be made of glass. So. It, it seems to be he's one of those guys that's just always on the floor. Bones like, made roll, of glass. Yeah, basically just rolling around every other play. It, um, who was it that was reminding me of that in the playoffs? Gosh. I'll think about it. He's always – Stefan Diggs is always on the ground, that's for sure. <laughs> it's anybody on my fantasy team, basically. I'm holding my <laughs> breath, watching him roll around on the ground. No, Debo Samuel. He's oh, the yeah, number he's one. Heard a lot. That dude, I swear, once a game his career gets ended. Like and they're like he's going back to the locker room. Then suddenly you just see him out there running an end around. Well, his his makes sense to me though because he's such a supreme athlete, right? Yeah. Like the soft tissue injuries that he deals with are because he's working harder. He's working those muscles harder than anyone else on the field. So yeah, but he's it, always yeah. he's also got a hammy for he's sure. He's a TV. He's a walk-in TV timeout. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, man, I I. I this is a. It's going to be a lot of the same this offseason. Rumor city. Do you have any other rumors? Mm, no, most of my like I'm I'm excited for mocks to start. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited. I love the draft. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'm excited to start thinking. What about else the draft. do you see our team looking for this year? Right. So like we're optimistic that maybe we get a quarterback. What else? What What are the big holes we're looking uh, at? I would love to see us start tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, get the other tackle taken care of, and then you've got your bookends for a decade. Definitely need center, but I don't know. Like in in order, I think you could use the upside of the round one tackle, and then if your best centers or your your best choices for center, there's two of them that I really like. Um, if those guys would be available in the second round, then yeah, I would love to start tackle and then center, and then from that point, I, I know kind of see where we go. Yeah, D line is something that we obviously need. Um, I would. There's a guy that. Is gonna be he'll be gone before the Steelers pick I think. Um, that's a nose tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Illinois. His name's escaping me, but it reminds me of Casey Hampton, and I'm like, God, it'd be so nice to have that anchor big, back in the middle. Big snack. He was legitimately the the guy I saw at the Hall of Fame game, who was like when I were they were coming out of the tunnel, and I was up against the fence, like you know, seeing the players, and he was the first person I saw, and was like, okay, these guys are. 
a lot different size than I thought. You know, watching on TV, seeing Casey Hampton in person was insane. Like, yeah. That is a large human being. <laughs> it's it just you're. I guess like it's pretty cliche to say like players look smaller on TV. Obviously, what you're looking at, but it you really don't think about how giant those defensive linemen are at least you and back in the day they weren't quite as like fit like nobody nobody was like 300 pounds and shredded like aaron donald like casey hampton oh no was casey hampton was a big he's fat a big dude yeah he's a big boy his whole thing was that he was gonna block the a and b gap with just existing yeah those are some of the best guys you know like legitimately some of the best nose tackles were just able to just be big and be in the way and you couldn't run it up the middle you had to try something else which obviously creates Better game plan opportunities for your edge guys. But there's more than one way to do it, right? The um, the Ravens had Haloti Nada for a long time, and that, I loved watching him play, even though I hated hated it whenever it was against us. But that guy was a beast for for that position. He was the complete opposite of Casey Hampton in mm-hmm. that he was athletic and he would make plays uh, in the pass rush, which was awesome. Who was the guy that uh, the Patriots had that came from the Texans? Uh, Vince Woolfork. Yeah. He was literally that. He was the definition of just being a big man yep. in the middle and tackling everybody. Now he just like, for a while I kept seeing him online. He was just in overalls. He was no always shirt. in overalls, yep. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was like barbecuing or something like that, I think. That's what I'd be doing. Who's Okay. Oh, this is the name. I, I've been looking through my our messages here. Powers Johnson. Yeah. Jackson Powers Johnson, Such the center a cool, from Oregon. What what a cool name, man! Jackson Powers Johnson. I mean, JPJ we'd have another JPJ. <laughs> yeah, we're the J, we're the Arth JPJs. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I'll take any of the consistencies. <laughs> the Zach Frazier from West Virginia is nasty too, and okay. that's so he's the. I think if you could get either of those guys in the second round, if if you set up your draft board and you could get either of those guys in the second, then you can go tackle in the first round. Got it. Uh, again, if. Anybody that's doing mocks, the quickest way to discredit yourself is to mock the Steelers, another secondary player in the first round. It's a need, yes, but the we, we've seen from this regime, the Omar Khan regime, that they're going to value the trenches. I could see us going defensive line in the first round. That's definitely something I could see. You know, If they like that guy from Illinois and they think that the value is there, I could see that happening too. I We're going to draft a wide receiver most yeah, likely Yeah, but it'll well. be late. Yeah, but which – Classic Steelers, of course. But, yeah, I'm assuming somebody's on the radar. We kind of need another guy. I'll be curious to see if they bring back Allen Robinson to some degree, what what they're going to really do, because he's he was on a weird contract. We weren't even really footing most of the bill, I think, because of the way things were structured with uh, – oh, where did he come from? Oh, the Rams. He was traded to the Rams. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, I think the wide receiver room could look a little different. Obviously – we got Deontay another year, and Pickens is back. But other than that, I don't, I don't know. I would love it if Calvin Austin developed a route tree. That would be fantastic. I, uh, I'd like to see him utilize more. But it, uh, it all should, in theory, it all works together, right? We just have to unlock some form of passing game, and then we could probably have a better understanding as to what every other position looks like, because it's been a nightmare. It's, it's so interesting. This part of the reason I love the NFL. It's like. It is an unraveling thread to a degree whenever you start to try and think about your team, especially when they're bad, like our offense was, and trying to pick out where the problems were is, I mean, it's pretty complex, right? There were many. So, yeah. so like, yeah, the offensive line wasn't good, so does that contribute to the poor quarterback play? The wide receivers were lacking, but the quarterback play, like, it's kind of a this, then, there, or that. So to be able to determine what parts were actually good and, like, analyze that and, and figure it out is 
It's interesting. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where you would start. It's, it's a hefty job. But you got to get better everywhere, right? So that's so that whenever you have to reach a certain point where everything is solid so that it's easier to identify where the weak spots are. Exactly. And right now, we got a lot. We need a lot of flex tape. <laughs> we need a lot of flex tape. We had a lot of holes in our boat. Yeah. It was it was going down fast. Because so. honestly, I'm talking about tackle and center. You need guards. Yeah. I mean, you need those too. We haven't had much success bringing in linemen, like no. signing linemen. No, it's not been – I thought that Herbig was going to get more run this yeah. year. I was kind of surprised that um, That was Nick interesting. Herbig did not get – you know, he was a rotational guy. Do you know – this is totally random, but do you know anything about Quan Alexander? Contract situation or, or – Yeah, both. Is he coming back to play? I know he's a little I would older. hope so. He, he, he's had a history of injuries. I know he's a little older, so – I would love for them to bring back all three of those guys that we That's, started the season with. That's yeah, my man, hope. that was so exciting to watch. That defense was really turning into something special before we kind of got hit by the injury bug, and then the suspension bug. If you you know if you're losing one or two of those guys, then then inside linebacker also it's ends up on your draft list. I still think we need. I I still feel like we need a speedier linebacker. Like we need somebody who can cover. Like definitely consistently i i know we kind of like the rotation for the different skill sets of the guys but it'd be kind of nice to have a guy that can do everything yeah i mean if if you want the defensive coordinator whoever's calling the game defensively to be able to disguise things you need versatility in that spot it's not once the personnel is giving away the game plan yeah then it's easier for the offense definitely uh, yeah they see one guy get out there that's literally you should just audible into uh, yeah. a pass. Yeah, Landon Roberts the is on the field. He's definitely rushing. And we can sit there and talk about how tight ends keep burning us across the middle like we have for the last 15 years of watching this team. We had, <laughs> we had the guy, man. We had the guy. We had the, we, guy. We had the guy. Freak injury Spillane. on Ryan Chazier. Spillane. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he hey, was bro. Sweet, dude. The, hey bro he had his play he, he had his moment in the Derek sunshine Henry. yeah he actually had a really good season last year yeah um, yeah he was a key contributor for the raiders he was great uh just dude always has some injury issues but man did stand up derrick henry no steelers fan watching that game will ever forget that no. man's name that was a heck of a play i could feel everyone in Pittsburgh all for screaming, nothing because oh! they literally scored on the on next, the next play, play. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That is that is uh yeah that's essentially kind of how things have went for the Steelers. Hey, it is what it the is. The guy break his shoulder stopping Derrick Henry on the goal line, only for <laughs> them to have like a penalty and get three more tries at it and score. All right, awesome. So um yeah, looking forward. We got the Super Bowl day. I'm super excited for the Super Bowl. You got any um any insight there? Who you like? I don't know, man. I've been kind of beating the drum about the Chiefs' defense. I think it's just gone so under the radar this season. It's when you're talking about the key components of winning in the postseason and let alone a Super Bowl, you want a quarterback who's experienced, you want a tight end, and you want a good defense. And a good running back helps too. They got all they literally hit every key point that you want. Because some for as much as things change, they stay the same, right? When it really boils down to it, what wins in the NFL? And it's it's those key components because everything gets a little bit tighter and it comes down to getting that first down with your tight end or your running back being able to uh, carry the ball in the fourth quarter and get you to the end of the game scoring in those uh, short yarded situations. Yeah. That's I, I think the chiefs it's easy to be like Patrick Mahomes, but for as much, well, the, the, you just hit it right on the head. The defense makes it so that there's a very good chance that Patrick Mahomes only needs to score three touchdowns. And that dude can score three touchdowns walking in the stadium exactly. before he puts pads on. So, 
it yeah, definitely you're not isn't. Any betting against those guys. It's just crazy for as much criticism as the Chiefs have received this year because they've looked a lot different than they have in years past, at least from an offensive standpoint. Are you really putting anything past them? I don't know. Um, I think the 49ers are the fun team to root for, but then again, as a Steelers fan, I'm in a bit of a conundrum. Yeah, I'd rather see the Chiefs win. Like, yeah, do we want another team to get to six? No. No, we don't. Um, I think that this might be, you know, Stefanski won coach of the year. Dan Campbell was a better choice to me. Andy Reid could be the coach of the year because of what you just said. The Chiefs were – everyone had kind of looked at them week eight, week ten, and was like, what's wrong with these guys? Like, they're losing games. They weren't playing their hardest, right? It's week eight, week ten. It's a long season. They they were coached to be – playing their best when it mattered the most. And they did. And, and uh, they did. Pacheco developed extremely well over the season. They didn't over overutilize Travis Kelsey. His numbers weren't old Kelsey numbers, but he's also not he's old, old Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> so like the way that they kind of saved him almost is is was interesting and calculated. You saw uh Rice turn into a good receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the complaints that everybody had early in the season with this Chiefs team They've worked it out over the course of the year, and now they're some of their strongest points. So it's just it's hard to go against anything uh, Kansas City, you know. And I think it was a couple years ago you could just say, oh, Mahomes, whatever. But this team feels a little more complete than Mm -hmm. some of the past teams they've even had. He'll still get the MVP if they win, but. I think Kansas City is interesting when you do talk about this whole generation of uh, football, right, with the Mahomes uh, dynasty thing they got going on here. The defenses have been pretty good in Kansas City alongside with him, and even to the point where they were losing players and you weren't sure how they could sign enough talent or draft enough talent, and they've really overcome a lot of those obstacles to have a solid defense almost every single year. So I think the Chiefs are a great example of how you can navigate the modern NFL with your quarterback getting paid boatloads of money and still be successful and also proving that having that quarterback makes a huge difference <laughs> as did you, well. Did you see the Tyreek Hill quote this week? What did he say? He's like, I'm happy for my guys, but I'm the sad child. Like it's yeah, he's realizing true. money's nice, but I'd rather be playing this weekend. It's a good point, but it, I think that's one of those mutual breakups, right? You know, he did get paid. Tyreek's been great, obviously. And I think Miami's had a couple, they're, they're super fun for a few weeks every year, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like there's a period of time this year where Honestly, up until almost they played the Chiefs, it looked like they were just going. Well, to... They start like six and zero. Yeah, I mean, they, they like, started on fire. Yeah, and that was honestly that was the game, right? It was the Germany game. Mm-hmm. It was nine in the morning. I put in a bet against uh, the Chiefs. I was like over or whatever, and I spent the whole game trying to figure out how the Chiefs' defense was so good. And that's when like my radar was up about okay, this team might be a little deeper than people are expecting. So, I don't know. It's going to be – hopefully it's a good game. Starting early, man. We don't even have to stay up late. I know. Yeah, we'll get a full night's sleep but before no. work tomorrow. So funny. Uh, my my girlfriend isn't a football fan, but she was like, what time's the game? One o'clock? I'm like, the Super Bowl at one o'clock is wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the most watched events <laughs> The most watched year. event every year. <laughs> It's, it's like the number one hit. It's the number one thing in television every single year we by wrap, a lot. Just got to wrap it up. 60 minutes coming on after this. <laughs> <laughs> Get these guys off the field. So, yeah, I guess uh, I guess we'll see how the game goes. As for this show, I would like to still – we're going to still continue to do some episodes as more news comes out. We're oh, yeah. closer to the draft. When we get close to the Underwear Olympics, I'm going to definitely want to talk some draft. That will be around the new league year, so we should see some movement on that end, a little more clarity as to how our roster is going to look and the holes we're going to have to fill moving into next season. Yeah, legal tampering period starts uh, early March. 
I'm more into legal tampering, but yeah, legal tampering's fine too. <laughs> but yeah, so as always, go Steelers. After tonight, we're moving on. That's right. Next year, Next we don't season. have to worry about That's anything. Right. Not worried at all. Not worried about any of this <laughs> <laughs> that we just talked about. Nope, it's all awesome. gonna be fine. All right, go Steelers. Go Steelers. I don't think a lot about the things that I say, to be honest.